Deuteronomy chapter 34, and I'm going to read starting at verse number one. Deuteronomy, glory be to God, 34, starting at verse one. All of you that are in the sanctuary, I'm going to ask you to grab it in your Bibles and on your smart devices, and also you that are at home watching online, join us in the word of God. When you have it, I want you to signify by saying, I have the bread. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah across from Jericho. And there the Lord showed him the whole land from Gilead to Dan, all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, and all the land of Judah as far as the western sea. Then they gave and the whole region of the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as the Zohar. Then the Lord said unto him, This is the land I promised an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said, he buried him in Moab in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where the grave is. Don't get it twisted. Moses was 120 years old when he died, but his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab for 30 days until the time of weeping and mourning was over i love the bible i could read all of it but i won't do it i'll just go very quickly uh to my clause tonight that'll be found in verse number six he buried him in moab in the valley opposite beth pure but to this day no one knows where his grave is he buried him in moab in the valley opposite of Beth Peor but to this day no one knows where the grave is share this message with the person beside you you can be seated tell them unmarked graves you can be seated in the presence of the Lord unmarked graves there's always a conversation among our preachers in our church about what book I'll be coming out of. Uh, from their discussions, I found out that I preach more out of the Old Testament, more than I do in the New Testament. Uh, probably so because most of our Bible is Old Testament. 39 in the Old and 27 in the New. And the history is important. There is no real revelation of new covenant without the reference point of the old covenant. I want to lift that discussion up because we are in a culture that have embraced new covenant without having a revelation of the old. Hallelujah. Because of that, it has produced a grace theology that's very hyper. And it has made... Uh, it caused us to give God a presentation as though he's bipolar or schizophrenic. 
that the God of the Old Testament is different than the God of the New Testament. When in Malachi, he says, I am the Lord. I change not. Tell your neighbor, same God. It's been lifted up is that the God of the New Testament is gracious and the old God of the Old Testament is not gracious. Uh, but if you look at the point that Noah preached for how many years before the flood came. That Abraham negotiated with God before fire came on Sodom. Somebody shout same God. You know this. You know this even if you don't know all the scriptures. You know that the God of the old is the same as the God of the new. Because even in the old pages of your life. God was gracious. See you, you try to pretend as though you only met God in your A.D. And that God was only good to you in your A.D. In, after you met him. After you started serving him. After you started tithing. After you started giving your offerings. But if you just be honest with me and him. God was good to you even when you were not acknowledging him. God bless you. I need you to look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor God was with me in some crazy places. Now, don't y'all look at me like that y'all come on be honest with me some of you don't know how you got home come on somebody some of y'all were smoking some stuff you were drinking some stuff and even while you were at the club something on the inside of you was saying you know I grew up in church I need to get my life back together look at your neighbor tell your neighbor he was good all times and every time my God he's been good to me he's been He's been good to me. That when we were yet sinners, when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so understanding the old covenant gives me an appreciation of the new covenant. It's, it's the Torah. It's the Torah that I lean toward uh, because the Torah introduces to us our Judeo-Christian faith foundation. In that Torah, we're most of the time acknowledged among biblical scholars. I'm almost finished now. It's always my introduction this long. <laughs> it's in the Torah that as we are introduced uh, to uh, Yahweh. Yes, hallelujah. Elohim. El Shaddai. The self-sufficient one. The one that had no beginning. Because he is the beginning. The eternal God. That steps out of time. Into time. And still operating above time. You have to realize. Even in early civilizations. They wanted to know God. They were attempting to connect to deity. And they used their own imaginations. Conjured up their own theology. It's kind of like what we do today trying to wrap our hands around God in a tangible way. They saw that the river uh, fertilized the soil so many considered that the river had to be God. Glory be to God. They saw that the sun, hallelujah, caused the seeds to come forth out of the ground. So they acknowledged, well, that sun must be God. My Lord, hallelujah. Oh, but in the Torah. Hmm. We are introduced to the unseen God that has seen operations. 
Glory be to God. We, uh, do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know him? He's, uh, in, in the early civilizations, they had a God for everything. They had a God for everything. And the more wealthy you are, the more gods you had because you had to provide for those gods. Glory. Oh, but in the Torah. Oh, we met a God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God that he was so self-sufficient that you only needed him in order to live. Glory be to God. Apostle Paul is quoting even the philosopher of his day when he says it's in him we live. It's in him we move. And it's in him. Hallelujah. We have our being it's the torah my god it's in it's in the torah that we're introduced to the prophets that will point us toward him hallelujah glory be to god and as we have these conversations i understand that i'm preaching to a woke generation who seem more expanded in their scholarly thought and to believe in this god would seem minute and more people are starting to walk away from the faith fulfilling hallelujah the biblical prophecy but i want to live to you that atheists deny him agnostics hallelujah question him oh but believers we worship him I know some of y'all want to have debates on YouTube and on social media about if God is real or whether we worship in the white man's God. I know some of you went to and you took a college course and it's making you question what your mama and what your preacher taught you. But as a remnant of us that is declaring, you can't make me doubt him because I know too much. I know, I know too much. I need you to touch three people. Tell them I know too much now. I'm in too, I'm in too deep. I am in too deep. This thing goes beyond Sunday school for me. This goes beyond a revival service, a conference, and a convention. That's why you can take my title, you can take my position, but you can never take my place in God because I have an experience with God that goes beyond my last name and my church name. I need to hear the sound of those who have been walking with him i've been walking with him oh i've been walking with him i've been walking i've been walking with god i've been walking with god here in in the torah many have questioned its uh, its authority and who is the writer of the torah uh, most in biblical uh conversations will lift up that it is moses uh, that's Moses. If you all give me 15 minutes, I'll be on my way to my seat. Oh, no, no. I got a whole week in front of me. Uh, um, they would say it's Moses. Moses did this. Moses wrote it. Uh, the challenge with that is that Genesis chapter 1 starts off with, in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. It, it, it shares with us the narrative of Abram and Sarai. These individuals who had an existence before Moses. So the question is, how can Moses write about something that he never saw? Hallelujah. Well, then, the Bible says there came a moment when Moses was on the side of the mountain having an experience with Yahweh and Moses says if I'm going to stand for you just let me see you <laughs> I wish I had my voice to scream like I feel it if I'm going to preach this 
I need an experience with you. See, my issue is a superintendent that people want to preach this and ain't never had an experience with it. People want to charge for doing this and they never sacrifice. They look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, have you seen him? Have you seen him? Have you had a true experience with God? Living in the day I asked, I asked somebody not too long ago. I asked him, I said, have you received, have you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? And uh, I'm very ecumenical, so don't y'all get nervous. Uh, I says, have you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? And they said, I mean, yeah, yeah. I said, okay, when, when did you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? And they said, I mean, uh, I, I've been in the church like ever since I was like 10 years old. I said, no, I didn't ask you when you joined the church. I ask you, when did you get baptized? And uh, oh, you mean when I got baptized? Oh, yes, I was like 15 when I got baptized because my cousin got baptized and I decided I was going to get baptized. I said, oh, no, you understand. I didn't ask you about water baptism. That's another discussion. When did you get baptized? Hallelujah. You just, I, I mean, I mean, what? No, 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 no. Because if you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you know when it took place. Come on, somebody. You knew when you had your first kiss. You know when you went on your first dance. Y'all not saying to me. Some of you knew when you lost your virgin. Come on. You know when the first time. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, I know when he feel me. Don't y'all tell no lies in here. Because we got some people who are believers who haven't received yet. He says, have you received since you've been, since you've been singing in the sunshine choir? Since you've been a part of the mass choir and the inspirational choir? Since you've been a deacon and a trustee? Have you received the Holy Ghost? Because the Holy Ghost comes with revelation. See, the reason why some people are still in question about God, because God cannot be explained. He can only be revealed. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Uh, don't y'all don't get mad with me in here, but look at somebody tell them, I've experienced God. Hallelujah. I got a lot of questions about God. There's a whole lot of things about God I do not understand, but I've experienced enough about God that's been keeping me. Glory be to God. Anybody in here other than me, you know what it is to worship without a worship team. You know what it is to praise without drums and organ. I know this thing is real for me because there have been times I've been in the car riding down the road and I started waving my hand I know what it is to cry and ain't nobody did me wrong it's just when I think of the goodness of Jesus hey glory be to God I need to hear a shout for those who've had an experience it'll keep you it'll keep you come on touch three people tell them it will keep you if you ever have a genuine experience it will keep you Some people only have a secondhand experience with God. It's easy for you to be talked out of a faith that's never been planted in you. That's why y'all stop having meetings about spiritual things with carnally minded people. 
Stop bringing people in the discussion. Hallelujah. That don't pray. Stop bringing people in the boardroom and they don't have a life of fasting. How in the world? I know you never going to understand the movements of the church in your natural mind because now spiritually things have to be spiritually discerned. It may not make sense to you because most things the way God operates will not make sense to you. He says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts, y'all talk to me in here, are not your thoughts. Tell you, you got to have an experience. You may not have a degree, but you got to have an experience. You may not have a title, but you got to have an experience. You may not have a clergy collar on, but you need an experience with God. Scream at somebody, tell them it'll keep, it'll keep. I've been in a backslidden state since I've been saved. Hallelujah. Okay, was that too honest for some of y'all? I said I've been in a backslidden state since I've been saved more than once. But the only reason why I made it back is because I had an experience that would not let me settle. I had an experience that would not let me compromise. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I couldn't get comfortable because I had. Whoo. And experience. I need you to tell your neighbor, stop checking in with your carnal friends. But it's time for you to make a spiritual decision. Stop checking in with your carnal. Yo, I pray. This is what I pray. I want you to lift your hands. I'm going to speak. If you just trust me, I'm going to pray this over you. I'm going to pray deliverance over you. And I'm not talking about drugs and cigarettes. I hope that come out of you. And I'm not talking about alcohol and liquor. I'm asking God that in this season of your life, if you want it, I want you to shout after I speak it. I pray that God deliver you from small-minded people. I pray that you will never shrink another idea. I pray that you'll never minimize your vision. I pray that you'll never put your vision on sale or discount. I need you to tell somebody yesterday's price is not today's price. Before I take it down, I build it up. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Before I take it back, I put more to it. I know my value. And I'm not checking in with people who ain't never went no further than what I went. And people who have never had my experience. He said, he said, y'all be seated. It was my introduction. He said, in order for me to do this, I need... And experience I want to see you and listen what God says to him I'm sorry listen God says you can't handle what you asking me for hallelujah he said you want to see me but you can't handle it but what I will do, glory be to God, I'll walk past you if you position yourself. Hallelujah. <laughs> this is why some people can go to the same church, hear the same sermons and get different results. Because it ain't about God, it's about your position. Hey, 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 hallelujah. We can put all that food on the table. And if even though the food is prepared and the food is being served, it's still up to you to eat it. He says, if you position yourself, hallelujah, I need you to tell somebody in 2023, I'm in position. 
don't you let anybody get you out of your posture in God don't you let anybody talk you out of a God moment including you I'm sorry I gotta pause right there because I felt God in there there is a God we're in a God moment I need somebody to touch yourself say you're in a God moment and I refuse to let my insecurity talk me out of this God moment I refuse to let my self-consciousness talk me out of a God moment I refuse to let my overthinking talk me out of a God moment he says if you get over here in the cleft of that rock I'll walk past you you won't see my front but I'll let you see my hind parts I'll let you see my backside and then Moses gets in position and God walks past him he sees the hind part of God that allowed him to see the backside of time. And then Moses is in the beginning. God created the heaven and the earth. Hallelujah. See, some of y'all good for just a good shout and a praise break. But out of all this shouting, I want to see something. And all this tongue talking, I want a revelation. I need you to run over to somebody and tell them I'm coming out of this season with a revelation. I didn't suffer just to suffer. I didn't su- come on somebody. I didn't suffer just to suffer. I didn't I didn't go through just to go through. I'm coming out of this with revelation. Coming out of it. But put your finger on somebody's shoulder, tell them you're really getting ready to find out what the fight was really about tell them it's on the back side it's on the back side it's on the back side it's on the back it's on the back side i said it's on the back side you're about to find out what the fight and the warfare was really about i'll deal with it one more season as long as i know it's gonna produce something just let me know i didn't miss my turn just let me know I didn't mess it up so bad. Just let me know I'm not going down the wrong road. I stick it out one more season as long as I can get revelation. So, so y'all be seated. That's my argument for Moses' authorship of the Torah. That's my argument. The only challenge with that argument is that it's limited to the front end of the Torah. If he's responsible for Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, tonight's text becomes very problematic. Because tonight's text brings us to a point where Israel has come to the end of her wilderness. I'm going to prophesy this to about 10 people who need it. There is an end to your wilderness. I feel like being the person on that front row tonight. I need you to encourage somebody to tell them there is an end. I'm talking about when you've went through season after season of going around the same cycle over and over and over. Scream at somebody. Tell them there is an end. There is an end. Oh. 
What y'all dancing about? Did you miss it? The word of the Lord is there is an end. Somebody dance from the benediction. be seated and catch your breath there is an end have you ever been in a season and you wondered will it ever end supervisor I got a scripture I'm just gonna drop in here it says after you have suffered one two Encourage somebody near you. Tell them I just needed to know. There is an end. There is an end. There is an end. Y'all be seated if you can. Just needed to know. I just needed to know. That it won't be like this always. I just need. I just needed to know there's a moment he'll turn your captivity. I just needed to know. Y'all help the pastor. Y'all help the pastor. Come on, unit. 
gotta move on but I need you to grab somebody by the hand that you love somebody you can encourage and, and just tell them there is an end but tell them you got one challenge praise them until it ends I was saying before I got interrupted. Because there are seasons that feel forever. There are seasons that feel forever. And I'm not trying to be immature in my walk with God. I want to endure hardness as a good soldier. But have you ever been in a place where you just wanted to ask God, just let me catch my breath? I don't know if y'all heard the pastor's testimony tonight when he said, I had to watch two people in 48 hours take that last breath. We kind of ran, you know, kind of ran past that. But you can't keep going through deaths back to back and it not affect you. You can't keep going through disappointments one after the I don't care how much Holy Ghost you got and it don't affect you. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, my soul is safe, but sometimes my mind. Come on. Sometimes the mental anguish with carrying the weight of the people that are around you, the consistent uh, revolving door of people coming coming into your life, saying all the right things just to have a Timer on their loyalty. Hallelujah. I need you to tell your neighbor. It affects you. The wilderness. The wilderness. The wilderness. People. When you're living in the wilderness. You eat manna every day. In other words. People can be jealous of you. And they don't know. The details of your struggle. In other words, when you're in the wilderness, that means you're having to manage daily miracles. 
Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I don't have it all at one time. I don't have all the strength I need at one time. I don't have all the resources. I know y'all think I got it, but the truth is I am managing daily miracles. Hey, glory be to God. You don't realize they're jealous of your image and they don't know your process. They don't know how many times you've had to pull things together. They don't know how many times you had to pull you together. 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years of being close. And this is why, this is why some people with these New Year's Eve services, we're kind of numb to it. We're numb to these pseudo prophetic rhyming words. Because 99 is supposed to be mine. And every year is my year. 2020 was double vision and most of the people who said that missed the pandemic. Okay, man, come on, let's have a conversation. Can we just be honest? And we start getting numb being almost there. I'm about to. God is getting ready to. And it's possible to start doing church and ministry on autopilot. You're driving by things and don't even notice anymore. You're speaking to people and don't even remember whether you spoke to them. Have anybody ever just been on autopilot where you were driving home and it came to you once you were on your street that you were driving home? And so many of us end up doing life like that because, hallelujah, the wilderness puts you in a continuum of a continual cycle doing the same things over and over, wondering, hallelujah, will it ever end? Here in the text tonight, we see where it does come to an end. Comes to the end. The Lord has blessed him with one of the greatest treasures of the scripture for leadership. Moses, a humble leader. Someone who God inconvenienced for the call. You haven't been called by God until you've been inconvenienced by God. Tell your neighbor, I got dreams. Tell your neighbor, I had plans. But God. I'm telling you. God never calls someone to do something that is not already doing something. I'm going to say it again. God doesn't call someone to do something that is not already doing something. I'll say it again. God doesn't call someone to do. I'm talking to all of you who are sitting on the sideline waiting to be called. God will never call you until you're doing something. David was already in the field. Saul was looking for his father's donkeys. Glory be to God. God never calls you to do something unless you're already doing something. And God can't change your plan unless you first have a plan. Mm. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Moses, he gave them Moses as a leader. Hallelujah. A, a man who we, we acknowledge Moses for a lot of things. I think oftentimes we minimize the power of his intercession. Hallelujah. I'm almost, I tell you, it's always my introduction. I'll end at my scripture, all right? Moses, thank you, man of God. Moses is an intercessor because there's one time in their journey. God says, because of their rebellion, 
I'm going to kill them. Moses, step away. I'm going to kill them. Moses gets in the middle. Mm. I'm talking about the power of an intercessor. And says, God, they deserve to be killed. But if you kill them, what will your reputation look like? People will say that you're strong enough to bring them out, but not strong enough to take them in. I need you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, this next miracle is for his name's sake. You don't deserve it. Hallelujah. I said you messed up. You were tore up. Come on. You were disobedient. But the Lord says, I'm going to bring you in for my name's sake. I need all the people who know they don't deserve it, but they still want it. I want you to open up your mouth and praise him now. Tell your neighbor, I don't, I don't deserve it, but I still want it. only survived because Moses got in the middle <sighs> hallelujah hallelujah what would your family do if you resigned if you got silent if you didn't intervene because <sighs> many of you have even daydreamed about taking, you ain't got to take everything, but just two good suitcases and putting them in your car, driving somewhere else to another town, joining somebody's Episcopalian church, sitting in the back and getting late and leaving early and spend your own money and enjoy your own time. But look at somebody tell him he wouldn't let me quit. He wouldn't. Uh, I like this Baptist church. They're passing out water and everything. Woo, I love it. The Bible says that once they got to the end of their wilderness, God takes Moses up the hill and says, I'm going to show you the promise. But I'm not going to let you walk in. That's a whole nother discussion. Let me say to you leaders in here. Don't let people. Hear me? Don't let people cause you to miss your moment. And I'm going to tell you. One challenge is. It's oftentimes we become a collector of people. Not just pastors. Even lay members do that. We do this where we try to elevate people in our lives to obligate them to stay faithful to us. Mm. We very quickly start calling them our bro, my BFF, my, my sister for life. You just met them this year and it's January the 7th. Come on. Come on. What happens is we start trying to use people as our garments so we don't feel naked. So if I expedite your process to bring you closer to me, 
then maybe you'll be obligated to me. And then we get heartbroken when they don't fulfill our unarticulated expectations. Our desire to fill the void caused us not to see the warning signs. When Delilah says, tell me the source of your strength so I can bind you. She says it. And now you're with them and they're telling you everybody else's secrets. What made you think they were going to be able to hold yours? But your, your desire to be clothed with people calls you to compromise your standard. And even we who did not have an issue for them to be our covering, but because of our own tra trauma, our own experiences of rejection, we gave people a space in our lives so they would never feel what we felt. When the issue is the person you gave space to was not someone who wanted to be rescued. It was someone on assignment. And now it should be the best season of your life. It should be the time you're going in. But you let what someone did to you cause you to be <laughs> cause you to be an image of yourself that you were never created to be now, now you're bitter now you're snappy now you're brash even when people join the church you're like alright because in your subconscious your question is how long are you going to stay And Moses, a man who did all the work, cannot walk in because he let how people handled him affect the way he handled God. All right. I want everybody to lay, uh, raise your hand. I want to speak this over you. I want you to say this out of your mouth. Say, I have an anointing. I have the grace to receive and release. Just because you leave the church, I will not take it as though you left my life. And if our relationship was determined by when I saw you on Sunday, when you decide to leave, don't get mad when I don't talk to you on Tuesday. Mm. Ain't nobody called me since I left. You left. What? Ain't nobody checked on me. <laughs> Tell your new pastor to call you. What? <laughs> and that's not being shady. I've been graced to pastor the people who sit in front of me. I can't feed people that ain't in my house. Oh man, I went over my time. All right. Well, clap your hands and give God the praise. <laughs> Thank you, though. <laughs>
I'll let you see it, but you can't go in it. Say bye to everybody. I'm bringing an end to this chapter. No funeral arrangements necessary. Moses said, we'll need to have no closeout meetings. Everything I was going to say, I didn't already say it. Well, the question is, if Moses is dead, y'all know what we ask. Who got the body? As we read the scripture tonight, God got the body. Hold on, hold on. What time is the viewing going to be? Ain't going to be no viewing. Ain't going to be no wake. Ain't going to be no Episcopal ceremony, no local funeral, no state funeral, no jurisdictional funeral, no national funeral. Come on, somebody. God got the body. Come on. We don't need no Paul Barris. We don't need no Floor Barris. God ain't going to be no repast. God's got the body. Hold on. You tell me the leader of millions of people will not be able to have a proper ceremony God says I'm going to give you time to grieve but you will not have this body okay well okay so we can't view it but where, where the cemetery where, where, where the graveyard at where? no 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 to this day you don't know where he's buried God says I'm taking your last season and I'm putting it in an unmarked grave. The good stuff and even some bad stuff. He says because if you hold on to a dead body, it's going to cause a plague in the camp. Oh my God. Some of you are still comparing last season and Bishop so and so and Reverend so and so. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor they're dead. They're dead. Honor the past, but don't hold on to the past. Back in the day, well, we're not going back in the day. He says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Shall ye not know it? I need you to put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder. Tell them the only reason why they can't dig up your past is because it's in an unmarked grave. Hallelujah. They want the evidence. They're looking for the receipts. They're looking for screenshots. But God told me to tell you tonight, he's put it in an unmarked grave. I need you to start opening up your mouth and praise God right now for what he buried. I want you to get the three people and say, God's got the body. People are looking for the proof that you don't deserve to be in the place you're in. But tell somebody, God's got the body. He said, as far as the east is from the west, I'll take your sins and remember it no more. Pull on your neighbor and said, neighbor, you only got 30 days to cry over the past. You only got 30 days to grieve over who left you. You only got 30 days to talk about what they did to you. But after 30 days, let it go.
let God bury it let God put it under because I believe that what's in front of me is greater than what's behind me lay hands on somebody and say somebody your future will not be stopped by what happened in the past this is the day that the Lord has made let us rejoice and be glad when I looked in the book of Jude I looked in the book of Jude and in the book of Jude it says even after God gave instructions that he was going to bury Moses Satan himself tried to steal the body look at your neighbor and says Satan want the evidence but the Bible says God he sent Michael the archangel to fight the devil over the body of Moses I'm trying to figure out why does the devil want a dead body a dead body can't say nothing a dead body can't do nothing I'm trying to figure out why Satan wants a dead body because he couldn't do nothing with Moses while he was alive so he tried to take advantage of him while he was dead but look at your neighbor and said neighbor even in my worst season said neighbor even in my worst season I'm still anointed I'm still anointed wow the Satan want the dead body of Moses because he wanted to hold up Moses's body as a trophy he wanted to show Israel look at your strong leader he wanted to show Israel that I got him in death but I come to declare to you that your past will not be a trophy for the enemy's case your past is buried and it ain't coming back up look at your neighbor said neighbor the grave is unmarked the tomb has no label but I looked in the book of Mark and Jesus said come here Peter and he said come here come here James he said come here John he said let's go up on this mountain and when they got on the mountain the light came through Jesus and all of a sudden two people showed up on the mountain it was Elijah representing the prophets it was Moses representing the law tell your neighbor said neighbor it's unmarked because it's not over 
God, no. You want to memorialize my past. His son marked because it's not over. The best of me was not in the past. Oh my God. I said, the ocean. I want to speak to Christian unity, church. The best of you is not in the past. I want you to find somebody from your church and tell them the best of our church is not in the past. Uh, we know some of the same people are not with us. Some people have died and gone on. Hallelujah. But I believe the best, hallelujah, is still in front of us. It seems cruel. It seems cruel. I met some people from Apostle Johnny Washington's church out of New York. I met an, uh, a senior lady. She's an older lady. And she still talks about Apostle Johnny Washington as though he's still alive. Apostle Washington has been dead now for decades. But she still talks about him like he's still alive. And our only regret is when Apostle Washington got sick, his son came and took him to California. And when he died, it was a private funeral. She said, I had been with him since I was a teenager. And I never got closure. I never got to say goodbye. She says, so for me, I don't even know if he's really dead. She says, I know in my mind, but in my heart, it's hard for me to imagine that he's no more. Hallelujah. Why would God be almost so insensitive to take Moses away from a people that had been walking with him for 40 years? And the Lord told me, look where they had been for 400 years. They had been in Egypt. And you can't be in Egypt for four centuries and the ways of Egypt not affect you. The Israelites saw how the Egyptians handled their dead pharaohs. They built pyramids for them. They embalmed them. They mummified them. They deified them. And God says, if I let you keep his body. If I let you keep You'll never move out of the wilderness. You'll, the promise will be that close. But if I let you hold on. If I let you on my Santa. He come on the Mataya. He let if I let you hold, if I let you hold on to his dead body, you'll hold on to it and you'll never move forward. Tonight, God had to put some things in an unmarked grave. Not just because the devil would want it back, but because you would want it back. One lonely moment will make you forget the toxicity. 
one stressful moment will make you fall off the wagon one moment so maybe you didn't know to thank God for it but after hearing that that what you thought was insensitive was God's love for you I want you to lift your hands right now as I close and I want you to thank him for the unmarked graves in your life Hey, this is Bishop S.Y. Younger. Thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.